Welcome to Balcony Cheerleader, the podcast dedicated to celebrating you. I'm your host, Miss Thunder. Today's guest is a Wichita State University assistant women's basketball coach. He's a motivational speaker, mentor, husband, and father. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause for Chester Nichols. Chester! How you doing, Chester? Great. Thank you for having me. I am so glad to have you here. We're going to be talking about mental health and the sports industry. But before we get started, Chester, walk me through how you you are now at Wichita State. Because before you started in the earlier parts of your career, you started in high school boys varsity basketball. So walk me through this briefly. Yes, I've had an interesting journey. Um, I got my start during my student teaching experience um, back in Greenville, Illinois. Okay. At Greenville High School. And um, spent spent two years at Greenville High School. After, after leaving Greenville High School, I ended up moving back home to Ocala, Florida, and got my start in the late, great, legendary Jim Haley at Vanguard High School. And it kind of exposed me to what big time basketball was about at the grassroots level. Um, got a great experience in terms of um, running the day-to-day operations mm-hmm. and being able to fundraise along with coaching basketball and make a difference with kids. Okay. Um, and then during that time, I transitioned over at Central Florida Community College to get into women's basketball. And then the rest is history. How did you make that jump from coaching boys varsity to women's collegiate D1 level? Well, I've always had a desire to coach Division One basketball, and it just so happened it was an opportunity. It, it didn't matter regardless of gender. Okay. Great opportunity. Okay. And being right there at home, I had an opportunity to coach right, right at Central Florida Community College, which is now College of Central Florida. Okay. Spent a year there, and unlike a lot of people that get into business, my opportunity started in reverse, where most people start at the lower level. Right. I ended up starting at a power five at West Virginia University. And again, it wasn't the West Virginia that you know today because we were one of the bottom programs in the Big East at the time. Mm-hmm. Talking about four schools in a period of six years that was in the final four or won a national championship. Right. So, Why did you leave West Virginia? Then walk me through your next transition. Well, the first... I've actually been at West Virginia on two different occasions, but the first right. on the first time, it was more of a personal move versus, versus a basketball move. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom ended up having a hip replacement during oh. that time in 2009. Mm-hmm. And it was an opportunity for me to get back home. Ended up coming to Orlando to work at UCF for a season. Right. Actually, one of the best opportunities I had because I had that opportunity to be around family and friends and be able to go yeah. and I had that opportunity that that I hadn't been able to do my entire career. Wow. And then you only stayed at UCF coaching for one season. Then you left and went to? University of Kansas. Yes. Yeah. So again, another great opportunity right there. I had no desire to leave UCF because again, it wasn't a basketball move. I was able to be around my family and like I said, family and friends. So if I had to leave Orlando, it was going to be the perfect opportunity. Right. And we're talking right. about the book of college basketball. Mm-hmm. So at that time, you know, 
is one of the best moves I could have made because we get there, we end up signing the top 25, top 30 recruiting class and right. end up going to the Sweet 16 a year later. Mm. Does this take a toll on your health? Because after you left Kansas, then you went to University of Michigan, correct? Yes. And then after you, you had some seasons with University of Michigan, then didn't you go back to West Virginia? Yes, I did. In a different now, way. coach, come on now. We gonna have to talk because doesn't that take a toll on your mental health? You you no longer because what you have done over the years. I've done my research on you, Chester. What you have done everywhere you go, you make the program better. So you know that age old saying, "Whatever doesn't kill you make you stronger," or pressure either makes diamonds or bust pipes. You're making diamonds wherever you go, but at the same time, that takes a toll. How did you deal with all of that pressure? Well, I'd never perceived it as pressure because I feel like um, in terms of your preparation, your preparation breeds confidence. Mm. Um, every move that I made, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an emotional decision because, you know, when you make emotional decisions, I mean, chances are you're not going to get the outcome that you thought you were going to get. Right, absolutely. Rationale is not behind it. Um, mm -hmm. Every and then and obviously, this is before I got married as well. Right, I, I had a chance to make those decisions on my own. I didn't right. have to put other people in when right. I made the decisions. So, mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think it weighed on me in the sense of pressure, like like most people would think. But right, you know, it, it was it was more of a logical and rational decision when I made it. They were calculated, mm -hmm. and going back to West Virginia it was a lot easier than most would expect because I was still working for my same head coach at the time. And mm -hmm. it wasn't much of a transition. I mean, we switched con cause during the first time I was at West Virginia, we were in the big East. Right. When I got back the second time we competed in the big 12. So there was some within that, mm -hmm. that piece of it, but you know. What made you decide to leave this last time and now you have landed at Wichita State University, what made you decide? Was that a personal primal instinct? Yes. Politics or? No, no politics. Okay. Personal decision. And in that decision, when I made that decision to move, because again, Sylvia, she's two hours away from Kansas City right here at Wichita. So um, that was a big piece of it. But, you know, mm -hmm. after, 11, after 11 years at a place, you know, it was time. because You were ready to go. I want to continue to grow and I want to continue to evolve. Mm. Now, when you are struggling as a coach and you see your players are not performing at their best, you have the pressure of recruiting the new class. How do you handle when, cause we all as, cause, cause I'm a coach. And when I'm in that pressure bubble, I also have to have things to decompress. How do you decompress coach? Well, I, I think it starts with self-awareness mm. on who you are, who you're not, what you can do, what you can't do. And, you know, part of knowing you're an athlete, you got to recognize, you got to recognize signs. Um, and part of that recognition, when you help your athlete, you know, that first, one of those first conversations that you have with them, what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis is not normal. And if you want abnormal results, you got to act abnormally. And a good example of that, you know, to get up at 6 a.m. for workouts, to go to class from 8 a.m. to 12. Speak on to, it. To go get treatment, um, go to practice. You get into the season, 
you know, you're on the road, you play. Then you get back in the morning. Sometimes you, you get back in 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning, and then you repeat. Mm. You have to be consistent with that. Mm. And the mindset needs to be when you're having that conversation, if you want those abnormal results, it's okay not to be okay. Yes, say it again. It's okay not to be okay. Right. How do you know at this point? Because I, I, a lot of people miss the point, Chester. How do you know when your athlete is reaching that breaking point? Well, then you, you have to look for signs. Um... What are the signs? Because we're missing them. Coaches are missing them. Parents are mi missing them. Colleagues, peers, what are the signs? And let me say this first and foremost. I, number one, I am not a doctor or a psychologist. Right. I'm saying this based on what I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, but, mm -hmm. you know, are you sacrificing too much sleep? You mm -hmm. know, the food you eat, you mm -hmm. got nagging injuries. Are you on social media every free, free moment of the day? Um, mm -hmm. Those are just some of the talk. And this is just, you know, within the first three or four weeks, because again, we're probably about 64 days away from our first game. And the conversation we're having our kids 64 days from now, who are you going to be when we when we tip it off on November 9th? Mm. Who are you going to be when we tip it off? I love that because when I'm coaching a lot of my uh, football players, their parents will come to me and say, how did you see the signs? All I had to do was look. I can look into their eyes. And when people are performing at their peak because that's what they choose to do, versus being pressured to do their performance it, it shows for itself doesn't it coach sure does it sure it, does and how do you get your players to help like when you know they're at that that breaking point and some things you know people say sometimes things are better left said unsaid but how do you go to them and approach them and say do you say I think we might need to work on getting you some more support in this area? What is the best way to do that? Because that's also very, very uh, touchy and embarrassing. Well, I heard a guy, Kevin Eastman, he talks about this all, during my time at UCF, he talked about it all the time. Not, not just coaches, but parents, leaders. Um, you're fighting for mind space all of the time. You're mm. someone's mind. Um, but for, I mean, to be more specific, for your athlete, they need to know you can't do it alone, okay? And with with the with this generation, with the challenges, you know, there's so many obstacles that you got to, you know, you got to get them the proper help. And then once you get that help, they need to be in alignment with your expectations, and your mm. expectations need to be crystal clear. Mm. 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 Why do you suppose though? It is so taboo for athletes to come forward and say, I'm not okay and I'm in trouble here. Is it because of what we've seen this year at the Olympics with Simone Biles, the gymnast, when she was right at the precipice, she had to step down and say, I'm not okay. Did you see the scathing comments from all over the world yet she had the support from a lot of people and a lot of athletes but my god people went in on her do you think that could be one of the number one reasons why athletes don't come forward 
it goes back to my earlier point. I, I think that whole thing with self-awareness, mm -hmm. um, part of our job as coaches, we, we're, we're there to put them in a position to be at their very best. Mm -hmm. And if you're not driving that type of environment, you're setting yourself up for failure because so many times, you know, it, and it, Simone Biles had some great people around her. And, and to be quite honest, she had some of the elite because she bounces back from that to be up in, I, I don't know a thing about gymnastics, <laughs> to be up in the air, the way yeah. she was doing, like she was able to get back on track and a few days later, come right back out and compete. Right. And there's so many, there's so many external factors that drive that. And more times than not, you know, I see it all the time in AAU basketball because mm -hmm. when a kid is done playing, parents are usually asking them, how many points did you score? Right. Or, as opposed to saying, what did, they, they want to ask result-driven questions instead of process-based questions, which mm -hmm. leads into poor mental health. When you should That's be right. asking, what did you do well today? What didn't you do well? How mm -hmm. can you fix it? Mm. I need you to really hammer in on that and elaborate a little bit more because that's what I'm finding when I'm when I'm at these games. The first thing these parents say after the game is just like you said, well, you didn't break that tackle. What happened? And then this is what uh, that just befuddles me at times. Parents will say stuff like this. When you guys were third down in third quarter, you were the one who they can go play by play on what was wrong, but can't tell you play by play on what was right. That is the thing that you just talked about. That is the stuff that adds into breaking down that mental psyche. And again, I'll go back and talk about resources because it's important that we get, get these young people the proper help, okay? Well, I don't care if it's a nutritionist, mm. a performance specialist, counselor, mm. but it, there's so many things that's pulling at these, these young people. Um, Peer pressure. And, and it's unfortunate because, you know, with the new generation, you got new challenges. I mean, yeah. you think about the cell phone. <laughs> Can who can put their cell phone down for less than 30 seconds, coach? And the thing about it, there's about eight to ten different functions on your cell phone where you don't need an adult. You're you don't right have about that. So I mean, I don't care if it's a camera, calculator, notepad. I mean, they don't need it. They don't need to go to the library. They have the internet. So as a result of that, part of these challenges, like you're talking about, um, these these kids, they see their rankings. Well, this local, whether it's statewide, whether it's nationally. Again, they're going to play three or four games in the summer, win or lose. Mm. So you don't know who wants to compete. They're mm. still right. So mm. there, there's an external pressure there, but there's also an internal pressure. And we're going to take a break at this moment, and I want to continue this dialogue. I want you listeners out there to please subscribe to the show and download this episode. If you like to be a guest and share your story of inspiration, or if you have a show topic, I want you to please just go to MissThunder.net, and I would love to hear from you. 
So coach, before, when you were talking about that internal, and then I want to go back to the point that you made with Simone, you said she took a break for two days and then she got right back and bounced right back and persevered. Do you suppose it's like you just said earlier, she had the right support of people, supportive people around her that said, win, lose, or draw, I'm in your corner. Does that make all the difference in the world when an athlete hears and knows that coach? Absolutely. Your environment will speak loudly before you say anything, before you walk in that room. Um, your, your belief system, what mm -hmm. you model, mm -hmm. it, it'll speak loudly. And those kids, they, they know what you believe in your heart, okay? That, Thank that, you. And what you believe and what you see in the behavior. As a matter of fact, I got a good friend of mine um, that coaches football at the University of Cincinnati, and we talk about it all the time. And, you know, the buzzword now is culture. And the way he broke it down to me when I asked him, how do you guys break it down? And he basically talked about what you permit, what you promote, that's what you'll see on film. Mm. And it, it was deep how we, how we talked about it because, you know, if you, if you let, let things slide, you know, you'll see it. Or if you say, hey, it's okay to make a mistake. I don't need you dropping your head, okay? You're gonna, you know, you're gonna lose some of the battles, but we're trying to win the war. Mm. Now, when your players have had to struggle with mental health, how did you intervene? Because I know in the course of your, because you're a trailblazer in this industry and I know you've seen all kinds of issues. How did you handle that? How did you get them help? Walk me through when you've seen your, your player experiencing some serious mental health breakdown, how did you handle that? Number one, um it's a daily conversation. Okay? okay. It is a daily conversation. It is one of those conversations you do, you do not take lightly. Mm -hmm. um, we want a period of about 11 years in, in college basketball period. Right. And I think it was like 2000, 2003 to 2014. And one of the studies, there were 35 suicides. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you think about that. If there were 35 suicides, I can't imagine how many attempts there were. I, it's scary to even think about it. But on the flip side of it, that's why we get them the proper help. We let them know that, that there is help. Mm -hmm. okay. um, because but there's still a but there's still a disconnect. I was reading in this article written by Athletes for Hope Organization. 46.6 million people in the U.S. alone struggle with mental health issues. And out of that, 35% of that are our athletes. There's, there's a disconnect with why we're still not able to reach them. Do Would you like to enlighten me on why there's still a hit and miss? You know, like there's always, they, they say there's an elephant in the room. There's always that elephant in the room. Why are we still missing them? We're disconnecting. I, I, that's a good question. That really is. <laughs> and, and I'm not dodging your question, but I think part of that is the environment that you have. I mean, mm -hmm. um, when, the, when, when, you, when you don't have a kid 
that can open up and talk to you. You don't have that relationship like you think you have. I think when you, especially when we bring our kids in, you know, one of our core values is trust. Mm. And if you don't have, if you don't have trust, you're not going to get a performance level. And if you Absolutely. don't have a high level of trust, you're not going, you're not going to get a high performance. Mm. Um, you you got to cut through so much clutter just to stay in the picture and not just coaches, but parents and leaders, Right. you know, any aspect where you're dealing with people, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all want to be liked. We all want to be loved. There we, it is. We want the to be acceptance. Loved. We want to be accepted. Um, I, I, I wish I could tell you, but I, again, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> mental health expert. I'm, I'm, right. I'm talking to it based off on who I coach. Right, right. Now, have you ever in your career, what is the difference with dealing with the mental health crisis with young men versus women? That's the biggest question that people want to know, because there is a huge difference when you're dealing with mental health issues with female athletes versus male athletes. So let's start with the male athletes. What differences do you see? Well, I, I can um, I can speak from personal experience. Um, okay. When I tell you depression is real, um, at 12 years old, I lost my father to suicide. So, Sorry to hear that. So to, to deal with that on a, on a daily basis, sometimes it can get masked, okay? Because there's moments where you missed high school graduation, college graduation, wedding day, so on and so forth, senior night. And, you know, I, I, I really don't think the mental health piece, it really has a gender. We may agree, agree to disagree on that. But, right. Absolutely. Um, now, I, when you were going through that as 12 years old, did you have a surrounding of help, like therapy, support groups? Because back then, people didn't really, they, you know, in, in, in a culture where we come from they say the lord will help you you just got to get god god will see you through faith will see you through that was not something that our culture is used to dealing with so when you go back to that 12 year old boy sitting in that pain what type of help if any did you receive i was truly blessed because i had a great village around me um okay that village, whether it be my coaches, um, friends, family friends, um, mentors, I, I had a great village. And when you, regardless of what environment that you're in, like if you don't have an environment where people feel you and there's not a, some trust, love, and care into that, you, you'll, you'll miss signs because you have to, you have to practice with emotional intelligence. Mm. Um, your moral compass has got to be right. Mm. Okay? And, and when your moral compass is off, you're going to make bad decisions. You're going to make emotional decisions. And when, and when you're pissed off about something, you're not going to make the right decision. Or when you're diving in and you're irritated or you're mad, okay, it sends off the wrong message and the wrong signal. Mm. And at one moment you need to catch something, you miss it because your emotion gets in the way. What do you say to people who don't have that village like you do? You have always been blessed with that village. There are so many kids that are dealing with that. 
and adults who've had parents that committed suicide. What do you say? Because right now, you don't know who's listening to this. So what do you say to that person who does not have that type of support? How do you encourage them? You know, at the time, you got to ask yourself what's important. Sometimes you may just have to ask for help. Um, you got you to gotta find, find one or two people that can help you get there. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's hard to explain. Right. It's hard to explain, but I, I can tell you this. If you're really true with yourself, if you're really true with yourself, you're in the moment and you just got to stay there and be there. Mm. And you have to rely on whatever resources you have. Like you said, if you're not into sports, then you have to rely on teachers, guidance counselors. You have to speak, speak up. And even with friends and family that see this, that's the problem. People see things, Chester, but no one speaks up until when it's a little bit too late. And that's the problem that I'm having. Another question that I, I want to ask you to be very candid with me on is, let's just say you guys make it all the way and you're playing in your national, this is it. All of everything that you've worked so hard for and prepped your players for, you guys are in the championship game and the star athlete on your team is about to have that mental breakdown. Time out, coach. You need her to win this game. What's your next play? Again, it, it's that relationship. It starts with a relationship with the kid. Um, everyone learns differently, okay? Just because you taught it or you said it, that doesn't mean they get it. But I can tell you this right here, to, and I'll go back and say this again. To be in the moment, you have to win the moment. I love it. <laughs> you can't think about the next play down the road, or you can't think about the last mistake that you played. Like every, and Nick Saban says it all the time. Like every play needs to be carried out with a mindset of dominance. Okay, mm. we're using it in the context of sports, but right, you can't be focused on down the road until you take care of now. Absolutely, and I couldn't have said it any better. So to difference to stay away from uh and we're going to just change the topic here you know i i hear that you love music so yeah. you know i'm gonna go there what are your top three artists musicians of all times all genres you got to give it to me now who are they old school or new school that's you old school new school rock and roll rap you got to throw it in because there's got to be three coach maxwell is a bad boy <laughs> lifetime you know that lifetime was tight you know um, lifetime Keith sweat oh see you you talking about somebody who liked the big yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite song from Keith sweat how deep is your love oh no no right in the wrong way <laughs> i can see you say that okay so we have maxwell Keith sweat and drum roll please you know what Morris Day. What? Get, stop. Now, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You said Morris Day. I thought you was going to fix your lip and say Marvin Gaye. You said Morris. Morris Day. I, I, Morris I, actually Day. Had, I actually had the opportunity during my time in West Virginia, had the opportunity to go um, 
go watch uh, Morris Day perform three days after Prince's passing. Really? Yeah. Does he still sound good live? Yes, goodness. Does he still got that perm and all those freckles? He sure does. We, <laughs> matter of fact, as a matter of fact, we got a chance to meet him right after that show. So, did you get up on stage and say "Jungle Love"? No, 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 hey, no. Odie, Odie. <laughs> did you know all the words? Okay, yes. before we leave this, what songs did he perform that was your absolute? My favorite song, by the way, by Morris Day is "Cool." Yes. C O O. I, I, I gotta have that. What's that spell? As a matter of fact, <laughs> my wife, my wife and I went to that concert right there. She didn't know what she didn't know what he was spelling. <laughs> she didn't know he was spelling cool. Not, she did not. <laughs> That's crazy. Did you get up and dance though? No, 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 no. Now see, code, code. You got to. I did. You do the bird? I sure did. Okay, so if you could do the bird, was Jerome there with the mirror? Jerome had the mirror. <laughs> Jerome, Jenny, Jenny what? Get out. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna have to bribe Sylvia to see. I, I Sylvia, so, by the way, listeners, Sylvia is his wife. Does she take any video caption of you doing the bird? Because if she does, I'm gonna have to get that. She didn't get the video, but we can definitely send pictures. <laughs> she didn't get the video. All right. Well, coach, listen, as we close and wrap up this segment on mental health. I want to thank you for being a part of the show. You have enlightened me just a little bit more. Can I ask you just one more question, Coach? Will you will you come back and join me for another segment? Absolutely. Thank you so very much. I also want to thank our military veterans, active and retired, EMT, firefighters, teachers, frontline COVID staff, law enforcement officers. Listen, guys, I salute you. You guys are the everyday heroes, and I thank you for listening. Each one, teach one. Hopefully today I can reach one. Please subscribe to the show and download this episode. Or you can always reach me and hit your girl up at MissThunder.net. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Chester. Thank you.